I get a ton of questions about hair, why hair is falling out or thinning, how to stop hair loss, and how to regrow hair. And while nutrition and hormones both play roles in hair health, there can be other factors at play too. So today I'm talking to hair and nutrition expert, Samaria Grandberry. Samaria is a Memphis-based registered dietitian and certified trichologist, and her background in nutrition and hair science, combined with her own struggles with skin and hair, make her uniquely equipped to help women get to the root cause of their hair loss. She uses holistic nutritional and trichological therapies focusing on all aspects of a person's life and encourages honoring your heritage while pursuing overall health and wellness. Her goal is to help you reclaim the power within through nutrition, hair, and lifestyle therapies. Let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to Hormonally Yours with the Hormone Dietitian. If you're a busy woman struggling with hormonal issues like PCOS, fertility struggles, and other hormone imbalances, and you feel like you're the boss of your life in every area but your hormones, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Melissa Groves Azero, integrative women's health dietitian, coffee lover, cat lady, all black wearing, former New York City advertising exec turned professional period fairy. It's my mission to be the no BS hormone nutrition education resource for smart women struggling with hormone imbalances so you can have regular symptom-free periods and optimize your fertility naturally. I'm here to share real, actionable, science-based tips you can use to get real results without cutting out foods, spending hours in the gym or meal prepping, and without losing sleep because we're all about balance here at The Hormone Dietitian, and I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello and welcome. I am so excited to have you here to talk all things hair. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thanks so much, Melissa. I'm excited to be here. Um, Thank you for inviting me. My name is Samaria Granberry. I'm a registered dietitian and also a certified trichologist. So a certified trichologist is a hair and scalp professional. Um, And so it's a paramedical field. I'm not a medical doctor, but I I do specialize in um, treating hair and scalp issues and and as a dietitian, I combine medical nutrition therapy along with trichological treatments to help my clients figure out what's the root cause of their hair loss and also manage their symptoms. Um, and I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. I um, have a private practice here called Feeding the Root, and that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. Which came first? Were you a dietitian first before um, going back to learn more about hair? Yes. Yeah. So it's a journey. It's been a journey since um, probably in high school, actually. I've always loved hair. Um, If you're not familiar, so like 
probably about 15, 20 years ago, many like African-American women were getting chemically relaxed hair, um, chemically relaxed styles, right? And so there was a large movement that's known as like the natural hair movement um, where a lot of us stopped getting our hair chemically relaxed and we started to embrace our natural texture. And so when I was, I think somewhere around like freshman in high school, I, um, stopped getting my hair chemically relaxed and I what we call big chopped. So I, you know, transitioned, stopped getting that, uh, those relaxers and chopped off all of the relaxed hair. And I was left with like this little fro with a texture that I had, that I had never seen um, before. Something that was really different for really everyone. And it changed, um, it really changed my life. It changed the changed the way that I like saw myself and my hair and it's again let me led me to this career in hair um, because of the things that I learned you know during my hair journey and so I was all you know I was on YouTube because the stylist back then didn't necessarily know what to do the the the, um, the product aisle in the stores weren't didn't have that many products on, about natural hair and so I um went to YouTube and, you know, I just started watching YouTube videos about natural hair. And so I, lo- I just fell in love with learning about the science behind the hair, you know, product formulations. You know, I had, I had a natural hair club in high school. I had a, a club in college. And so, but all this time I loved food as well and nutrition and I grew up on a farm. Right. And so I understood, I understood the connection um, from like, you know, between like the food and the farm. And so never knowing that I could make the two come together. So it wasn't until probably uh, 2018 that I, after I, you know, I I was in grad school to become a dietitian, I learned about trichology, had never heard of what it was, Um, but I started to study it. And after I became a dietitian, I then started my certification to become a trichologist um, through the World Trichology Society. And so that's how it's kind of come together. So it really was, it's literally bringing my two passions together and I absolutely love it. So that's amazing. Um, you know, they're, they're recently in more recent years, definitely seeing more talk about natural hair and, you know, with the, the past, uh, the crown act got mm, passed yeah. recently, which is really great. I think it's, you know, important to acknowledge that, you know, hair is a natural part of all of us. Um, And honestly, it's our choice. It's part of our body to do whatever we want to do with it. Um, So did you start chemically treating your hair when you were young? Yeah. So I didn't, I I didn't obviously make the decision. It was something that my mom um, decided in it's something that her mom decided for her, right? And it was just a normal part of uh, the most African-American girls like experience because, you know, we're trying to change our hair to fit into this, you know, mold of what beauty looks like um, because it, it didn't look professional or look put together to go out with your hair in, you know, an Afro or puffs. And so um, I don't remember maybe, you know, I was somewhere in grade school when I stopped getting, um, when I started getting chemical relaxer. So I don't remember, um, my natural texture from when I was younger. So it was like brand new to you and you were in. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and that's, and that's a pivotal part for, for many young girls, right? We're trying, we're really trying to come into ourselves and really figure out, you know, 
who we are and, you know, dating and just all of this. And so it was, that's why I said, it's truly changed my, my life and the way that I see myself. Um, so I definitely wouldn't change it. Yeah. Thank goodness for YouTube, right? It's like, you can learn <laughs> how to do anything. On to YouTube. university. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm, I learned how to put air conditioning fluid in my car uh, when I was a broke intern. Um, you know, now I'm like YouTubing all these like house renovation things mm-hmm. and gardening things. I learned how to fill yes. my garden beds. I know you're a big <laughs> A big gardener too, right? You do a lot of events in Memphis, it looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're actually right now planning for our Juneteenth wellness event. So it's a once a year thing. We started last year and uh, my family has um, land that we've had for um, since like around 1943, I believe. And, you know, it's been, it was my great grand great, great uncles. And then it was my great, great grandfathers. And so we use that land to bring people together to celebrate food and freedom and help them to, you know, allow them to experience wellness in a way that um, makes sense to them. Right. Cause you know, sometimes we can get these wellness messages or health messages that don't make sense to us. that don't fit within our culture. And so um, that's what we do on Juneteenth. So that's coming up on the 18th. So. Okay. I'm going to have to ask because you're in, in Memphis, <laughs> the land of the barbecue, but what's on the menu for, for your so, wellness event? So we actually have a chef coming um, and she's actually a plant-based chef. So she's going to um, prepare a um, local cultural meal. Um, there is a, um, a tossed green salad with okra and roasted corn, um, garlic and onions for the, the, first dish. And then the second dish is going to be a um, grits bowl with mushrooms um, and a like a Southern style gravy, but plant-based. Um, and then for the dessert, we're going to have uh, local peaches topped with like cast iron grilled peaches topped with um, local pecans and honey. So we're definitely like, we're trying to tap into our local resources, our local farmers and, you know, cook what's in season and introduce people to what it's like to prepare a meal uh, based on like the seasons and based on what's available um, in our area, because we do want to connect more of our community to our local farmers. That's amazing. I always, um, you know, my, my family's Italian. So I grew up having, you know, my grandparents all and my great aunts and uncles, they all had a vegetable garden in mm-hmm. the backyard. So I, I definitely ha- feel that connection mm-hmm. to my ancestors when I yeah. am out there in the garden working with things. I'm like, I'm channeling my inner, yes. inner Nana out, yes. out in the garden. And, and that's how I feel like on the property. I just know like if you know, my great grandfather was here, my great great uncle, like they would just be so happy, you know, because that's what they did. And it wasn't an event or it wasn't a, you know, a special thing. It was their way of living. They grew food and they shared it with their communities. So um, it's truly an honor to be able to do that in a different capacity. So. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned how, you know, the sort of stereotypical idea of what wellness is doesn't really connect for a lot of people, you know, it might not always be 
yoga or meditation or breathing yeah. exercises. But I, I personally have found getting outside and connecting with the earth and with things that are growing is like mm-hmm. so good for my mental health, you yeah. know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even, yeah. even having a little, little pot of herbs growing on your windowsill is like, mm-hmm. you know, there's something about having to take care of it and water yeah. it. And, and the satisfaction yeah. you get from like watching it grow. Like, oh my gosh, it's a new leaf. <laughs> yes. And eating anything that you yes. grow. It's like, oh there's just that pride of like, Hey, I made this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to, you know, since you are, one of the only dietitians I've seen out there, you know, who really specializes in hair, I wanted to, you know, really uh, talk to you about your expertise in this area. So what are some of the problems that can come up with hair? I know, I know I get a lot of questions about hair loss or, um, you know, uh, patches or breakage mm-hmm. or things like that. What are some of the issues that bring people to work with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, definitely thinning, you know, a lot of like, you know, post COVID, a lot of people are, um, experiencing, you know, te- what's called telogen effluvium, which is basically a loss, a generalized loss of hair. Um, so there's, you know, the thinning, uh, breakage for sure. I work a lot like in the African-American community in, in, you know, in Memphis. Um, and so there's a lot of attraction, attraction alopecia from different, um, styling property, I mean, styling methods, um, so I see a lot of traction, um, dryness, dry hair. Again, like since our hair grows out of the um, the follicle and it's curled, right? It's more prone to breakage. It also, because it is coiled, the sebum has a hard, like a more difficult time traveling down the hair strand. And so dryness is another big thing. So, um, you know, those, like those bald patches, right? The, was often, you know, often alopecia areata. Um, Those are some conditions that people um, sometimes come in with chemical damage, right, from like colors or relaxers, Um, you know, that that, um, chemical, but also like the heat damage from the styling. So those are some of the top concerns people usually come in um, to see me for. Yeah, since I work uh, mostly with PCOS, I mostly see androgenic alopecia, mm-hmm. you know, where it's being driven by those those high androgens. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I do see more all over thinning and, mm-hmm. you know, especially, uh, especially this year, you know, and last year because of, of the COVID, um, you know, I definitely want to pick your brain about that in yeah. a little, a little bit. Um, so you're talking to the follicles and it reminded me, I feel like deep in the back of my brain, I learned this somewhere, but are your follicles a different shape depending on like, if you, I can't remember what it is, but if you have like straight hair, they're yes. round, mm-hmm. okay. but yes. curly hair is more, uh, they're flat. like more, they're more like oval, mm-hmm. like flat oval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that um, when the hair strand comes out of it, it's like curled. So Yeah. So interesting. So, you know, with the, the chemical damage, um, that can happen, um, you kind of mentioned how you conquered that, which was, you just basically cut it all off. Right. Are there, Mm -hmm. are there other ways to, um, sort of repair damaged hair? 
You know, that is really difficult. And I usually have to work with stylists um, Mm -hmm. when someone comes in with chemical damage because, you know, I'm not a stylist and I'm not super, you know, versed in all of the ingredients in different products and how they work. So I usually work with stylists to help people when they come in with chemical damage. Um, But usually what they will tell them is you have to lay off, like lay off of the the chemicals like we can't do the heat and the chemicals all at one time so let's pick one you know and then my job is what I help my clients figure out alternatives right because it's not helpful I mean it is helpful but it's also not helpful if you don't have anything else to turn to to say don't do that so then I help them figure out okay well what can you do right what other types of styles how can you stretch you know, stretch your color or stretch your relaxer. So we're not getting them as often and then supporting the hair and scalp um, internally and also with, you know, various herbs and products to help their hair and scalp be a little bit more resilient to um, those treatments. So I I definitely do a lot of like collaborating uh, with stylists and dermatologists. Yeah, I've always, um, it sounds terrible. Um, if, if it takes me longer than five minutes to do my hair, I, I don't do it. So I've always just, um, like air dried and like, like I really don't, I don't put anything in. Um, you know, I do color it, uh, just to cover the grays, but Mm. I remember being, um, you know, my stylist and, after a haircut and his next client walked in and she was like, what did you put on her hair to make it so shiny? And he's like, it's, it just, it just is like, (laughs) no, I don't curl it. I don't do no heat, no nothing. So, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, most people leave the house to go to work and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and that would ideally be the, like the, the best recommendation, right. For someone who comes in with traction alopecia and, you know, they don't have hair around their edges. The best recommendation would be, you know, stop wearing the wigs, stop wearing the, stop wearing the braids. And that's sometimes what, what, you know, doctors will tell them, stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing that. But again, what, how is it helpful for like me to be told that? And like, I don't have another option. Right. And it's like, if someone, if they're livelihood is being in front of people or talking in front of people, or they have a job where, you know, they have to be on social media or on video, you know, they want to be put together, right. Especially with like the beauty standards that we have in this country, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, I would love to make that recommendation because we know that stopping traction alopecia um, or reversing traction alopecia means that we have to stop the trigger, but it's also like, you have to realize that people are, you know, whole people and that they have to, we have to figure out a different, um, method for them to heal their reverse their alopecia, but also, you know, go about their daily lives. So. And the attraction of alopecia can happen also from, you know, wearing your hair in the same style mm-hmm. all the time. Right. Like I've mm-hmm. seen, I know, uh, I know my uh, hair hairdresser had told me to try switching my part at one mm-hmm. point. Cause you know, if you always part it in the same place that mm-hmm. can, contribute um it can even come from like a lot of i've seen a lot of people with the masks they're wearing the mask and mm. putting mask over their ears that traction of the mask um can 
you know, cause traction alopecia. Glasses is another thing. People who wear glasses and pull them all on and off, I can you can start to see there's like traction and inflammation where they're putting their glasses um, every day. So it definitely can um, occur from really any type of environmental like stress that's putting um, traction on that area. Like friction, right? Or pulling mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Yep. Um, what about scalp issues? Um, mm-hmm. have to admit, I, I feel very fortunate. I've never had a scalp issue. I think that, you know, it's something you don't, you might not think about at all unless you do have an issue. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, this is something that's really top of mind for me. Um, you know, I, I definitely got a few questions about dandruff or dry scalp. Um, but what are, what are some of the issues that can happen with your scalp? Yeah, so some of the top ones um, are what's called like seborrheic dermatitis, which is like a, um, it looks like dandruff and a lot of people say it's dandruff. So they try to fix it with oil, but that's not the remedy. Um, so seborrheic dermatitis is like a, um, a flaky, oily uh, condition of the scalp. A lot of, you know, severe cases, you'll start to see uh, flaking around the nose, Um the nose folds here, you'll see them behind the ears. You might start to see it like come out of your um, hair and start to, you know, coat your, your hairline. Um, Let's psoriasis. It's like a, you know, a very inflamed red uh, scaly condition, Uh, eczema um, that can, you know, have scalp eczema, just general dryness, dry scalp. And then there's, you know, the different conditions that I don't usually treat. I always, I don't ever treat, I'll say I send them to dermatologists like the, um, you know, fungus on the scalp that's, you know, going from place to place. It's oozing really painful. I always send them straight to dermatologists. Um, I don't deal with those. So those are some of the top ones. Um, maybe like irritation from just products, know, uh, poor regimen, um, again, like in the, like African American community, uh, we don't necessarily, we don't wash our hair all the time. Um, mm-hmm. and there can be many, many women can, um, go two, three, four weeks without washing their hair. And they come in and they say, they, my scalp is really itchy and this and this, you know, is going on. And then I ask them, how often are you washing their hair? And they say, well, once a month or, you know, every, uh, every other week. And I'm like, okay, well then maybe we just need to wash it weekly to kind of cleanse the scalp. Um, and so then, yeah, poor regimen is another cause a lot of times of why people are having inflammation and irritation on their scalp. Yeah, I'm wondering too if um, seasonal changes play mm-hmm. a role. Um, I know I notice it like with my face. Um, like I use a different face cleaner for winter than I do mm-hmm. for summer just because, you know, the air is drier, um, right. contributes to more dryness. Um, can those seasonal changes kind of impact the scalp too? Yeah, for sure. Um, so a lot of, a lot of clients will report that like their scalp psoriasis is improves in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and we, we know that like one of the treatments for psoriasis, like UV light. Um, and so that could definitely change. Um, and then definitely in the, in the winter time, um, the dryness of the scalp, the environment, but, uh, the really cool thing about sebum, which is the oil that's on the scalp, it, is able to change its composition based on the environment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always try to support my clients sebum production because I think that it is uh, crafted, you know, to protect the scalp from the environment. And so again, that's like that, that two pronged approach, helping them, you know, externally figuring out like how they can protect their scalp and keep that moisture in, but also like internally figuring out like what, you know, what, what's going on with their sebum production. Yeah. I did not know that as a thing that (laughs) could alter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your sebum, your sebum changes based on the weather. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I didn't realize you could increase or decrease production of that. Um, well, well, you know, the sebum, the sebaceous glands are, um, are influenced by like the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, people who are, you know, overly stimulated, their nervous systems are overly stimulated, often produce more oil. Um, and so helping them navigate, like figure out, okay, how, how can we balance out your oil production internally? Also diet is important as well, right? What we're eating in our diet to, to, have, to, the, to impact the composition of the sebum. Yeah, I imagine the types of fats that we're eating mm-hmm. would be reflected mm-hmm. there. You know, we see mm-hmm. that with skin too. Right. there. So before we get back to the rest of the episode, I just wanted to pop in real quick and tell you about a new workshop I've put together called PCOS Meal Prep Made Easy. If you're like most folks I hear from, you're confused and overwhelmed by all the conflicting info out there about what to actually eat with PCOS. And you may feel like you don't even know where to start. In this hour-long workshop, I break down what foods you want to include for PCOS and what you might want to consider avoiding or minimizing. And I share my simple three-step formula for planning meals with PCOS. The best part is it does not involve spending hours in the kitchen. Yes, you can absolutely incorporate this formula while cooking at home, but what's really great is that you can apply it no matter where you are in a restaurant, getting takeout, at a family meal, or even while traveling. Head over to thehormonedietitian.com forward slash easy PCOS, all one word, to sign up now. Signing up is your first step to finally understanding how to eat to manage PCOS. All right, cool. I'll see you there. Let's get back to the episode. So you kind of mentioned you know, a regimen or what would a a healthy hair regimen kind of look like? Mm -hmm. So that is really going to depend on the person. I know like people hate it when you say like, oh, it depends. depends. (laughs) A typical dietitian answer, right? Mm -hmm. It depends, but it it truly does depend. Uh, But generally it really depends on the type of hair that the person has. So I'll give a, a example of someone that comes in with you know, kinky curly hair, because it's usually the type of people that I work with. So um, I would say washing, cleansing with a, um, a shampoo that's appropriate for your scalp. So there's definitely different strengths of shampoos. There's some that are more moisturizing, some that are more cleansing, um, some that have, you know, um, stronger ingredients in it to treat like the fungus on the scalp. Um, and so 
washing at least, you know, twice with, I always recommend using an applicator bottle. Are you familiar with like, the color applicator bottles? Yeah. 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 Because, because with kinky curly hair or really anybody who has like thick hair. To like get in put, there. Yes. Right. When you put shampoo on your hair, it, you don't, it's supposed to go directly on your scalp. So I always recommend using a shampoo uh, applicator bottle, putting it directly on the scalp and massaging it in, um, maybe twice, depending on, you know, what you need, how long it's been since you've washed with the type of products that you usually use throughout the week. If there's buildup there, if you sweat a lot, if it's the summer, right, all of those variables are going to change how often you might need to wash what you use and um, how many times you need to wash um, or shampoo. So I will recommend starting with that. Um, If you, I will take a step back and say, if you do have a condition like seborrheic dermatitis or a different condition where there's a lot of buildup, I might recommend, I would recommend like a, like a, um, a apple cider vinegar rinse first, mm-hmm. like apple cider vinegar. Um, I really like to use that, um, on the scalp with in like a four to one ratio, you have to you know try out to see which works for you uh, because that breaks up all of that oil, right? Um, and like that biofilm that's on your scalp. So I like to use that first if you have a any type of condition. Um, so then you go to your shampoo and then um, after your shampoo, you can do a deep condition, you can do a regular condition, right? Um, for this is this is for the hair now. First we were just focusing on the scalp, now I'm focusing on the hair. Um, to detangle, um, put moisture back into the hair. Um, you might need to use, you know, a, a more hydrating shampoo, again, depending on, I mean, a hydrating conditioner, depending on the weather. Um, usually in the winter, I do like to use like a thicker, deep conditioner and let it sit on my hair for about three, three, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I love to use like herbal tea rinses. Um, Uh So I will like mix together various herbs like rosemary, um, lavender, hibiscus, right? Because all of these herbs have very great like antifungal, antimicrobial, hydrating, um, that, you know, they have different vitamins and minerals in them. And so I will mix together like a dried herb mix and pour like use that as a tea on my hair. So I'll apply it directly to my scalp and my hair. Um, at the end of my wash day to really seal everything up. So that's usually how like a wash, I usually recommend my clients um, like wash day go. Um, and then throughout the week, I usually recommend, um, you know, spritzing your hair with like, I love a mixture of like water, aloe vera juice, um, maybe some rose water, right? These are all humectants. So they're going to pool water from their environment. So the humidity in the air, they pull it to your hair and the scalp. So I really like that. So I'll do that, you know, or in recommend my clients do that maybe two to three times a week to just rehydrate, um, rehydrate the hair. And then I don't recommend putting anything on the scalp. A lot of people in our community um, oil their scalp, put things on, you know, put things on their scalp, but the, the scalp is really, was really created to function like on its own. It has its own microbiome, right? The sebaceous glands work, um, should work perfectly. And so I don't recommend putting anything on the scalp to really throw those things off balance. Cause what you can do is if you're putting oil on the scalp, the sebaceous glands can, um, 
basically sense that there's already oil on the scalp and not pump out enough oil. And so I don't recommend putting really anything on the scalp and allowing the, the, the scalp to really work its magic. So that's what a typical regimen um, looks like for most of my clients. Again, it'll, it depends and changes based on like their, their condition. So. Yeah. I love the idea of doing a tea rinse. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I do talk about rosemary uh, with my clients because of um, it actually can help block DHT. Um, and DHT is an androgen that's activated in your skin cells and hair follicles. Mm-hmm. So, um, some topical rosemary can help. Um, mm-hmm. but the tea sounds lovely. I'm usually recommending like the, uh, rosemary essential oil, like, you know, mixed in with something else, but I love that mm-hmm. idea. Sounds yeah. And, and that can be really great for like maintenance, right? Because we know that with tea, things are a lot more diluted. And so for like long-term maintenance or even like in between the more concentrated treatments, you know, doing things like um, tea rinses can be really great. Yeah. I remember, I'm like remembering back to my childhood. I feel like, you know, my mom was definitely uh, a hippie, you know, sort of like <laughs> hippie uh, genre. Um they definitely did weird things to their hair. Like, you know, (laughs) talked about like iron using a flat iron on her hair. And, um, I I feel like I remember maybe rinsing in tea at one point, Uh, but, um, that's what I always say. Like our ancestors, they were doing all the things before it was a thing. Yeah. Before we were putting all these like chemicals on our hair. Um, so you must be really like an expert at literally all of the brands that exist and like what's good and what's not. I think, um, you know, having, having lived in New York for so long and having lived in Brooklyn, um, it's a little different than living in New Hampshire, but, um, products available now, like even at, like Target is carrying a lot of black owned brands and, um, you know, it's just more accessible now, um, than it used to be. Um, what are some of your favorite, like go-to things or are you all like mix it all from scratch? (laughs) I so I do, um, recommend brands sometimes, but I also love like my herbal mixes as well. Mm -hmm. So I just do a combination of both. I, like there's a, um, a dermatologist formulated brand called girl and hair. Um, and, and I like that. It really helps a lot of my clients who are used to wearing like protective styles. And so when I say protective styles, I mean like braids, weaves, wigs, stuff like that. So it really nourishes like the hair and scalp, um, when they're wearing those styles. I also love, um, a brand it's called melanin hair care. So these are more like brands that you can get at the store. Um, and then I also have some more like the, the like healthcare brands that I work with, you know, like Nutrafol and um, advanced trichology, some of those uh, more targeted treatments um, companies that I work with. So, yeah. Did I see, I I saw something recently on your stories about uh, mixture you were putting together was the ordinary one of them to use something from oh, yes. to like a serum yes. or something. Yes. Yes. So I recently, um, so I actually recently went through my own journey of hair loss over the past six months. So I'm still like recovering. Um, 
So I have been using the ordinary for myself um, and it's not necessarily their scalp and hair line, but again, the skin, the hair, I mean, the scalp is skin. So I use a lot of, I often use a lot of like aesthetic practices on my scalp. And so they have a zinc um, and niacinamide serum that I'm using um, on my scalp. Um, and then I also, they also have a hyaluronic acid serum that I'm using um, directly on my scalp. And so I use those and they use a derma roller, um, edit home derma roller to um, like once a week. Ooh, what's that? So a derma roller is a medical device, but because, you know, the rise with the rise of the derma roller, they've, they've created um, at home rollers that you can use, but basically it's a device that has really small needles on it. And it sounds kind of scary, but it's not, it's not scary. It's not painful. And with the size of the needles, um, especially the ones that I recommend for my clients, they're safe to do at home. Um, and so you use the needles and you, it basically makes punctures on your skin and it call, basically calls and signals the stem cells in your body to come heal that area. So much like when you get a cut on your skin, right? And it starts to form a, um, a scab. That's basically what the derma roller is doing. It's making like very many punctures on the scalp and getting the body to come and heal that area, which can help regenerate hair follicles bring more blood, bring more nutrients to the area, which is the goal of what we want when we're trying to um, improve hair growth. So that's what I'm doing um, for myself. And I recommend it for a lot of my clients as well. You can also get um, what's called like microneedling and dermal rolling done in like the dermatology office, but they use like a longer needle that um, actually brings the skin to like pinpoint bleeding. So Oh, so interesting. I mean, mm -hmm. it makes, makes sense. Anything, any sort of massage or stimulation that's going to bring blood flow to the area mm -hmm. is, is a good thing. Um, yeah, I'm still, I'm two months out from COVID mm -hmm. and I'm maybe noticing like a little bit more shedding than normal, but I kind of feel like my hair was in like a really thick place before that started. So mm. I feel very fortunate that I haven't, um, really experienced like massive shedding yeah. at this point, but I know a lot of people do. Um, absolutely. Yeah. That's what, that's what happened to me. I, um, had, um, COVID in the end of the last year. Um, and then I went through a kind of traumatic hairstyling experience mm -hmm. um, for a photo shoot. And then a couple weeks later, my hair started like falling out in clumps. Um, and then it got so like I had an over like an overall decrease in density, but I also developed like two bald patches like right in my temporal region, like bilaterally. So um, it was very devastating. Like, even with me knowing what to do and knowing that it's a telogen effluvium and it's going to come back, like, I still cried and I still uh, had a really hard time. And so I, it just allows me to just empathize a lot more with my clients. Um, cause I understand what, what they're going through. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I feel like I have this conversation a lot with clients and potential clients is 
you know, some, some of the symptoms of PCOS clear up pretty quickly. Um, things like skin, skin clears up pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but anything involving hair follicle, it can take a long time because, um, there's like at the way, you know, my very top line understanding <laughs> of it is that there's different growth cycles mm-hmm. that the hair goes through. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I really don't know, but so please jump in. But like, I know there's like a dormant phase and uh-huh. then it like, it falls out, but then you have to wait for it to come back around mm-hmm. to the growth phase. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So the, it's the antigen. Yeah. The antigen phase, the catagen phase and the telogen phase. Yeah. So the antigen is like the growth phase. And, and that's why I say like, um, for people who are, who, who are, um, afraid to wash their, cause I know a lot of clients that I see and people I talk to, they don't want to wash their hair because they feel like if they wash their hair, it's going to come out, but it's important to, to stimulate those shed hairs to come out mm-hmm. because if they're just sitting there in the, the follicle, that antigen hair, that new hair that wants to come through, isn't going to come through if there's art a, a follicle there. So I know it's, it's scary and it seems like it's a lot of hair coming out, but it's important to get those shed hairs out so that the antigen uh, hairs can come through. So that there's about like, you know, like 85% of the hairs on your scalp are in the antigen phase. Um, and so they're growing. It's usually lasts about three to six years, depending on um, genetics. And then there's the catagen phase, which they're just resting. They're just sitting there they're not actively growing. And then the telogen phase is when um, they're shedding. So they're coming out and it lasts, you know, a couple of like days to weeks. So <clears throat> that's, that's the hair growth cycle. But, you know, it's not like all your hairs are growing at once and then all your hairs are resting at once and then they're right. all falling out at once. Like they're, they're staged. They're right? all in different <laughs> stages. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is why we don't, we don't all walk around completely bald every six years, right? (laughs) Okay. That's really helpful. That's a good, a good reminder. So (laughs) what happens? So we have to wait for that growth phase to come back. And so I'm, I'm always telling people like, we have to be really consistent with our actions. Um, but eventually you'll start to see those baby hairs grow in again, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm Yeah, it does. It does take a long time, but that's because, you know, we know that the hair is not essential, you know, to our life. Although we feel like we would die if we didn't have our hair, like our bodies would still, you know, if we didn't have a single hair in our body, our bodies would still function, um, you know, optimally. And so the body is like, oh, you know, I'll get the, I'll get to growing hair, you know, when I, when I'm, when I feel like it. So it definitely is a process. No, that's definitely comforting too, to know, like, it's almost a mindset shift. Like, okay, if these hairs are falling out, they're just making way for new growth, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, like they mm-hmm. kind of have to go for the new ones to come. Yep. And you know, mindset, I'm sure you do a lot of work in mindset right. and for me too, like uh, so much work in like shifting, um, your mindset, you know, around, just your body, beauty standards, right? A lot of times, a lot of my clients are seeking, start seeking certain styles that they can't let go of because of, you know, the beauty standards and just things like that. And so there's a, definitely a lot of mindset work um, that, yeah. that has to be done. It's hard because, you know, hair is, is one of those things that the outs- outside world notices mm-hmm. first about mm-hmm. us. It's, you know, it's not covered up with clothes. It's right yeah. out there for people to see. Um 
you know, and it can be, it can be hard. I think people, you know, a lot of their identity might be wrapped up Absolutely. in what they look like. And, um, it can be, it can be hard. Um, do you have something, I think you have something coming up around that, a hair and mental mm-hmm. health, uh, mm-hmm. workshop. Is it a workshop coming up? Yeah. So I'm actually collaborating with a licensed mental health therapist and we are doing a five week group program actually. So it's five weeks of group therapy, um, along with, um, some like course materials. Um, and we're, it's coming up in August, so you can find it like on my website. Um, and I'm sure you, you know, we'll share the links, but, um, yeah, so we are really going to like walk through from both perspectives from dietitian, from a psychologist, but also from a mental health therapist. Um, and it's 10 people um, in a group setting and we're all going to walk through and help you figure out like what's going on with your with your hair, how you can figure out the root cause, but then also, you know, working through like the mental component of it and how um, therapy can help you cope with that and help you figure out strategies um, to manage it. So that's, that's coming up in, um, in August. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. That's amazing to have that, um, mental health professional collaboration. Mm-hmm. Like what a great mm-hmm. support, you know, Absolutely. you can help, help them support with the, the, the strategies and tactics mm-hmm. to help support hair growth. And yeah. And then we also know that stress is a major, you know, mm-hmm. cause of hair loss. And so, you know, she does, um, she has, developed a lot of material to help, um, our students like through like the stress related hair loss. So. Yeah. What are some of the nutrition related strategies that can support hair growth? So I always start with like the basics, right? So like the macronutrients. So we have to make sure that we are like eating like the enough of the macronutrients, because like I said, the hair is a non-essential tissue. So the body is going to prioritize what you take in to keep you alive. Right. And the hair is very low on the totem pole. It gets kind of those leftover nutrients. And so it's really important that we eat like the most optimal amount of proteins, right. The hair is made up of proteins, mainly keratin and collagen. Um, So make sure you're getting in you know, solid sources of, um, of protein supplementing. If you have to, um, carbohydrates, the hair, the hair is very energy, um, consuming, right. It's used, it uses so, so much energy. It's very fast growing. It's always turning over down in that dermal papilla underneath your skin. Like it's using so much energy. And so it requires lots of carbohydrates. One of the things that, uh, I see sometimes is when someone goes on a low carbohydrate diet, like they lose their hair in like a couple of, a couple of months. And it's because their, their body no longer has the energy um, to produce hair. And it's using those, um, the nutrients to support other body, the other, other bodily processes. So carbohydrates are really important, right? Those good complex carbs. Um, Cause we also want to make sure we're not like raising blood sugar and, you know, so um And then fats are important, right? Like I mentioned earlier, like the sebum, it's important for sebum production, which coats our scalp, but also coats the hair strand. It helps with, you know, tangles, dryness, manageability, shine. Um, So making sure we're getting in good, like um, fats. I love to recommend cod liver oil because it has like vitamin A, vitamin D, also has um, omega-3s in it. So I I love to recommend um, cod liver oil. Um, And it's easy just to like take. Um, So 
those are like the three macronutrients that, macronutrients that I always recommend. Um, vitamin D is really important. Um, I see a lot of vitamin D related hair loss, um, especially with like people with darker skin with, you know, we were went through you know, the pandemic where we're all inside, right? So not getting in good amounts of vitamin D. And we know like in stressful states, our body uses more of those like nutrients, right? It's in more um, of like that inflammatory state. And so we definitely like want to make sure we're getting in good amounts of vitamin D. One, you know, the easiest way to do that, obviously, is like getting outside. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get outside. So I always recommend my clients, you know, try to knock out two, two birds with one stone and like get outside and take a walk you know, and just be mindful. So it helps with like this, like the stress, bringing the body back to the, you know, parasympathetic state and then also getting outside and moving. So um, I'll recommend that. Um, let's see, zinc is important. So I just, like I mentioned with the um, ordinary serum that I'm using has zinc in it. Um, zinc is really important for the skin. We know that, um, you know, um, one of the main treatments for like eczema is like zinc sulfate. Um, and so the scalp is, zinc is really important for the scalp um, and the skin as the cells are um, like changing and, and differentiating into scalp cells. So I always recommend zinc, uh, vitamin C, of course, uh, vitamin C helps with the collagen production. Um, so making sure my clients are getting in good amounts of vitamin C. Um, there's so many nutrients uh, that, you know, cause Again, like the hair, so nutrient uh, dependent, but those are some of the top ones. I think that I usually like recommend, oh, iron, duh, iron. <laughs> iron is like the late, like one of the leading, like leading causes of um, like telogen effluvium or hair loss. So, and all of these like nutrients can exacerbate like hormone related hair loss or genetic hair loss or stress related hair loss. So even if like a client so comes in with genetic hair loss, which, you know, we know that um, epigenetics is a thing, right? And the way that we eat and the way that we live can affect our genes. I still work with them to help them, you know, maybe fix if there's like vitamin D deficiency or if there's stress there or lifestyle factors that could be exacerbating their hormones and their genetics. So those are some okay. of the top ones. I think it's <laughs> so funny or so interesting, let's say, the hair expert just named like, five, six nutrients we need to focus on for hair health. And not one of them was biotin. I hear so, and I see so many people taking such high doses of Mm -hmm. biotin and Mm -hmm. that's almost never the root cause, right? Mm -hmm. The biotin deficiency. Right. Yeah. Like biotin deficiency. I I would say like whoever, whoever put biotin out there as a hair growth supplement, like they're great at marketing because there's really not any research that supports using biotin for hair growth in the absence of deficiency, right? Most of the um, research is on like pig hooves, right? In, in horses. I actually was doing a uh, talk the other week and there was someone in the audience who is like a professional horse rider. And she was like, oh yeah, we used to use biotin on the hooves of our horses. And, you know, and so that's really where it came from. And so I guess the beauty industry kind of adapted it, but no, I don't usually ever recommend biotin um, for, 
for hair because again, there's just not that research there. And then your body also makes biotin um, in the gut. And then also like deficiency is just extremely, extremely rare given like the, the typical American diet. So yeah, I've never seen a biotin deficiency uh, <laughs> yeah. in my practice yeah. yet. Um, I thought the other thing that you said was so interesting that, you know, hair is not a priority for our mm-hmm. bodies. Like our, our, but our hypothalamus like wants us to survive. That's its mm-hmm. main goal. Um, and I talk a lot about how reproductive um, function is not a priority. It's not Absolutely. essential to life. So imagine like if reproducing and, you know, producing offspring is not essential, how much less essential than mm-hmm. that the hair on your head is like, it's Absolutely. like a step below <laughs> that even, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's why I, I will talk to my clients about their reproductive health because, you know, there's can definitely be like those, some correlations there. If there's things going wrong there, you know, and things are out of balance there, like, okay, then there might be some things out of balance in this other non-essential process, you know, of hair growth. So. Yeah. I mean, I, the hormone imbalances are one whole category, but especially when we're talking about women's health, there are natural phases mm-hmm. in a woman's life when, her hormone shifts may affect hair and hair growth. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hear a lot, um, going off the pill, for example, um, can trigger hair loss, um, Mm -hmm. postpartum or a miscarriage can trigger hair loss. What are some of the other menopause? I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously as we're making less estrogen, but there's that connection between estrogen and hair health, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you named kind of some of the top ones and then obviously like your, um, expertise, PCOS, Um, those are really some of the top ones that I see, like there's like the hormonal, um, changes, like even like sometimes like PMDD, Mm -hmm. um, can cause some issues like with the hair cycle with those hormonal fluctuations. Um, but yeah, thyroid is a biggie. Mm -hmm. I would say thyroid is a, you know, that's always in my top three of things I want to consider way before I would ever consider biotin, you Mm -hmm. know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's when people want to hear, they're like, oh, there's, it's, it's not just taking a supplement. I'm like, no. (laughs) What does the process look like? You know, when, when someone's dealing with hair issues, um, what might they want to consider to figure out why it's happening and to get to the root causes of that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would recommend obviously like going, like seeking a professional, right? There's so much blanket information out there. And for most of my clients who come in, they've tried a lot of the, the things out there and they just don't work um, because you, you know, we're, we're each individual and right. We all might have individual um, root causes. And so I would say seek out a qualified, um, knowledgeable uh, professional. There's dermatologists. There's trichologists. Um, I certainly certified through the World Trichology Society and they have a, a directory on there. Um, so you can look in your area. Um, there's other trichologists, you know, out there. Again, just like make sure they're vetted. Um, 
or you can even talk with your with your stylist, a knowledgeable stylist that might have resources to, to help you. Um, but the first step is the consultation, right? So from as a dietitian, I was trained on how to do you know consultation, but also as a trichologist. So I bring both of those together and do a very thorough, like 75 minute consultation with my clients. And then I also assess their scalp under the microscope. I like pluck out some of their hairs and look at their, their hair strand under the microscope, which can really tell us a lot about how the hair is growing and what's been feeding the hair um, along its growth cycle or even um, environmental factors. But we can see breakage there and all those types of things. So the consultation very, um, very is very, very thorough. Um, I might even recommend working with a team. So a dermatologist, a trichologist, you know, um, your, your stylist so that you get, you know, the, the treatments from all of the disciplines. Um, and then presentation is important. So how you present. So when someone comes in and they say they're having, you know, um, all of a sudden all of my hair just came out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm thinking telogen effluvium or they said, you know, I'm not no- necessarily noticing a lot of um, hair in my brush, but I just feel like my hair is getting thinner, right? I'm thinking, okay, maybe genetic or or hormonal, right? More long-term. So the presentation is important, even where also like where it's located. So if it's patchy, like I just, and now I have this ball patch in the back of my head. Okay. Maybe alopecia areata or a thinning part. We're thinking more so of the genetic. So the presentation and like what it looks like um, is going to be important. And then the, the assessment, like the dietary assessment, looking to see what, what people's are eating, right? What nutrients they might be deficient in based on like what their typical diet looks like. So, um, I, you know, take a food recall and, you know, assess it, their, their nutrient status. And then I also like to look at like their labs. So, you know, whatever they got from their doctor, um, you know, or if I need to do other like, um, like labs, I, I will. Um, but I use all of those things to put together to help them figure out like what it could potentially be causing their hair loss. And oftentimes it's more than one thing. So, um, that's really the process of what that looks like, um, in like, figuring out like what's going on. I know that's why it makes it so hard for us. And I know it's so frustrating to our followers who, you know, ask us questions like, how do I stop my hair loss or how do I grow more hair? It's like, well, it depends. depends. (laughs) We have to figure out what the root cause is because Mm -hmm. that's going to inform what the treatment Mm -hmm. or what the way forward is going to be. Um, What are some of the more like you know, I see things like Rogaine and I think there's like a Rogaine for women, but like what, like conventional medicine treatments, um, what really is, is out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like the Rogaine, the Minoxidil, uh, Minoxidil. There's like PRP, which is platelet rich mm-hmm. plasma, which is, um, putting the plasma on the, um, the scalp. So your own plasma and those stem cells, um, there's that. There's like what I was talking about earlier, like the dermal rolling. I don't necessarily know if that's considered Western medicine, um, <laughs> but it's done by doctors. So maybe, uh, and dermatologists. So there's like the dermal rolling, the microneedling. Um, those are some approaches to, to treat hair issues. There's like the steroid injections for um, like alopecia and you know various like traction related um, alopecias. There is, uh, like UV light therapy. So, you know, for various scalp conditions like psoriasis, you might, you know, your doctor might suggest UV light therapy. Um, so those are some of the most common 
um, like Western conventional um, treatments that your doctor might recommend. I know most of my clients, when they go in, their dermatologists usually recommend like steroid injections. Like, uh, so. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then there's some, some newer kind of technologies. I think mm-hmm. it's really, um, you know, for people who are undergoing chemotherapy and mm-hmm. things like that, there's mm-hmm. like cold caps and cold caps. Mm-hmm. of course, like none of that is covered by insurance. It's crazy right. expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's cool to see that it's an mm-hmm. option, but it doesn't seem to be a very accessible option mm-hmm. yet. And then there's also, you know, for, for, you know, people who may have like, you know, alopecia, like universalis or totalis when all their hair is gone, or there's areas where, you know, there, um, there's not going to be any hair growth, you know, they have like, you know, replacement, you know, hair growth, hair replacement. So there's that as well. Yeah, I think this is an area too, you know, kind of much like hormone health and miscarriages and things mm-hmm. like that, where where celebrities have been speaking up a little mm-hmm. bit more mm-hmm. about their experiences and being Absolutely. more open. Um, you know, I definitely have seen seen some more come forward and talk about mm-hmm. their issues and their struggles. And I think just awareness and openness, Absolutely. you know, helps helps you feel like you're not alone, but also Absolutely you know, that it, it helps us, you know, raise awareness. So there is more research. So there mm-hmm. is more funding for research, yes. And, yes. you know, hopefully better, better treatment areas. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately it comes down to, to your inside health being mm-hmm. reflected on the outside as well. Yes. I, so- I always say that like your hair is like the barometer of your health. Like it's just telling you what's going on on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would be one thing that you would want people struggling with hair issues to take away from this episode? Hmm. Um, I would say that one, like there's, there's hope, there's hope for you, right? You're not alone. I say, and there, yeah, there's, I'll just say that there's hope. Like there's, there's hope for you. Like you don't have to, and you don't have to go through it alone. There's, I mean, people all over. I think it's the, um, the statistic is 50% of women will lose hair at some point in their life. Right. So you, you are not alone. I know you, it is really hard when you're looking in the mirror and your hair is coming out and it's coming out all over your shower. Um, but there, there's hope and there's like, we've talked about, there's always a reason why. And I think that knowing that there's a reason why should be like your hope that, you know, it could, it's likely that it could be remedied, right? And you just have to get connected with, with someone who can really help you figure out, figure it out. And so um, I am here, there's, you know, trichologists all the world that are here. Um, and so I just want you to be encouraged that, that there's hope and that you're not alone uh, in the journey of hair loss, because it, it is definitely hard. And you're also like, not crazy, like you're, you're not crazy. I, I know like you may have been told that by some people or, you know, your salad says, Oh, it looks fine to me, you know, but, but like you, you know, your body and stand firm in, um, you know, your, your convictions and just keep searching until you find someone who sees you and like believes your story and helps you along your journey um, and treats you like a whole person. So 
I am so glad you're here to help guide people through this experience because yeah, it's scary. And, you know, especially if you really have no idea what's mm-hmm. going on, um, you know, so having an expert to help guide you through it um, and give you that hope that there, mm. there is a way forward and it can get better. Um, yeah. You know, I will definitely be posting, um, I'll snag that link for that World Trichologist Society, but where uh, can people find you? Yeah, so people can find me um, on my website. It's www.feedingtheroot.com. Um, there you can find like my information about how you can work with me. I have some uh, resources there as well. Um, have resources there uh, for stylists, right? So, um, you know, if you are a beauty professional um, and you want to learn how to be um, to be like more equipped, right. To help your, 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 your clients when they sit in your chair, I have resources on my website there. Um, you can also find me. I do some, some fun things sometimes on Instagram, uh, at feeding the root. So those are the two main places that I hang out. So. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Samaria. This has been so informative and hopeful. And I hope that my listeners who have been struggling with this issue, you know, walk away with some ideas for places to go next. So I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. And thank you to all of my listeners. Thank you. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hormonally Yours with the Hormone Dietitian. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could open up the podcast app you're probably using to listen to this episode right now and leave a quick rating or review. Your reviews help this podcast get seen by more women who could benefit from the information I share here. Stay tuned for our next episode, and in the meantime, stay balanced.